This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. up when I was still waking up in the morning instead of the afternoon, I used to wake up with a radio alarm clock and it would play the radio and that would be my cue to wake up. And a lot of times what would occur, sometimes I'd wake up, but more often what would occur is whatever was playing on the radio, and it was always talk shows. But whatever was playing on the radio, that would become the soundtrack of what I was dreaming about. And I would be, say, I would be asleep listening to uh, Curtis and Kuby or Howard Stern. And whatever I was doing, playing in a baseball game, uh, being on a boat, hanging out on the beach, I was having a conversation with the people on the radio that were having it in real life, but it became the soundtrack of my dream. You know, I wasn't really that crazy about the film Inception, but the one thing about that film that I think they get right is how what's happening in real life kind of invades your dream. It, you assign imagery to it in your dream. In any event... Um, Ellen, who's a terrific uh, listener of ours, writes all the time and she provides the most comprehensive uh, reviews and critiques on Facebook, in the Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, you should absolutely join. Uh, she you know, is really good in terms of summarizing every segment and then he'll, she'll give her opinion of what she thought on every segment. A lot of people do this with me privately, but I love that she does it in the Facebook group because it's a very good starting point for discussion. And sometimes people will read her description, and then if they missed a portion of the show, they'll decide whether they want to go back and listen to something that they may have missed, or they'll decide that they don't want to. So Ellen is uh, aces, in my view. So she writes me recently that she had the weirdest dream last um, Thursday into Friday, and then um, basically that... I was, uh, I'll spare you the, the details here, but I was in the dream. And this has occurred regularly. A lot of people have said that they fall asleep listening to this show and they'll be dreaming and I'm in the dream with them. So I thought it would be interesting to have you tell me if I've ever been in your dream and what we were doing. In Ellen's case, she says that she was supposed to drive a truck filled with mail to its destination. It was a directive from me to her. So she got into the truck numerous times, and each time she really wanted to do what I told her to do, but she was unable to because she didn't know how to drive that kind of truck. So finally she just gave up 
but she was so upset that she was disappointing me. The truck apparently looked exactly like the one that Newman and Kramer drove with, with Newman's mail. And she remembered that in the dream, she was able to see into the truck from the outside in and could see the image of her right against the glass. And she said it was very strange because although she was in the dream, she was able to look from the outside in. And that's happened to me a lot where I'm in the dream, but I'm watching it almost like a movie. These days, I don't sleep with the radio anymore because when I go to sleep, my wife is still asleep and I don't want to disturb her. And she's got this whole white noise machine thing going on, which I do think is actually successful in drowning out a lot of the outside noise. But she loves it. She swears by it. And it stays on when I go to sleep. So basically, she'll get up around 6.30 or 7, and I'll go to bed around that time. So we're we're asleep at the same time for maybe about 20 minutes a day. And then, um, so I'm not going to put on the radio and risk waking her up because she doesn't fall asleep with the radio. But if I had my natural druthers, that's probably how I would both go to sleep and wake up. So I was just curious if I've ever been the soundtrack of your dream. And if so, what were we doing? Keep it relatively clean. You, you know, 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Do you know what happened today in 1997? How long ago was that? Let's see. 2007, 2017, 27 years ago today, 27 years ago today, this occurred. Meet Dolly. She may look ordinary, but she's the stuff of science fiction. The world's first sheep cloned from another adult. The experiment in which she was created was carried out at the Rosslyn Institute near Edinburgh. Scientists here have already produced genetically identical sheep from the same embryo. But never before has one sheep been cloned from the single cell of another fully grown animal. There are a number of genetic diseases for which there isn't a cure at the present time, serious diseases, and this will enable us to carry out research into the causes of those diseases and perhaps develop methods to treat them. What has been done is to take one sheep cell, treat it in a chemical bath, and then place it into a different sheep's egg cell. It's something that conjures up horrific prospects for some people. Whatever can be done in mammals can usually be done with humans with a little bit of extra difficulty, but we get there. This isn't a cloned lamb. It's a perfectly normal one. But one day soon it will be possible to give her thousands of absolutely identical sisters, all genetically engineered, to produce products for us. So it was 1997, February 22nd, when Dolly the sheep was cloned. And since then, cloning has come very far. I don't know if you remember, but about three years ago, I did an interview with uh, a gentleman named uh, Jay Richards, who was the... uh, No, actually, uh, it wasn't him. But we, we did an interview with a gentleman who had a company... Who uh, that would clone dogs and cats, and I thought it was really interesting what uh, what he was describing. And he has several cloned pets. And at the time, I thought a couple of things. One, I thought I, I was not the kind of thing that I would ever do, even no matter how much I loved my dog or my cat, because there are so many dogs and cats that need homes that need to be adopted. That to me, if you if you're taking in a cl- first of all, it's very expensive. But if you were to clone an existing pet, you're really creating a new dog or cat 
rather than uh, rather than give a home to a cat or a dog that really needs a home. And the other thing that I thought about was how close are we to cloning humans being a regular thing? We've talked before about the problem that this country is having with fertility, and there's a lot of factors behind that. We can go into it. I saw a Star Trek The Next Generation episode recently. Uh, in fact, somebody brought it up last Friday, I think, called Up the Long Ladder, where there were these colonists, and almost all of these colonists died. There were only five or six of them. So they didn't want to get into inbreeding to survive, so they end up cloning cloning all five of those original columnists, colonists to create a whole society of clones. I wonder how close we are to active cloning of humans. Because you could see people cloning humans for selfish purposes, right? You could say see a situation where someone may need a kidney or some type of organ and they clone themselves in order to get that kidney. Or, this might even be more likely, I don't think this is crazy. I know a lot of couples that have had difficulty conceiving. Some of them adopt... Some of them go the IVF route. Some of them just keep trying the the old-fashioned way. I wonder if it was an option for these couples to clone either the father or the mother, would they? Would they? The way cloning works um, is basically this clone would not, you, you would not be able to just duplicate a facsimile of yourself as you are now, this clone would have to be born and mature and things like that. But then, and I know it's a comedy, but then you think of the film Multiplicity. Do you remember Multiplicity? I really empathize with Michael Keaton and his he's the main character in Multiplicity because he's a guy that, I, I think every guy listening can empathize with this. He is totally stretched to his limit. He's trying to be a good husband. He's trying to be an attentive father, be involved in his kids' lives. He's trying to uh, run a business and be involved in his work life and do a good job at work. And he's trying to maybe even find a few minutes for himself to play golf or something. And he can't do it. He can't do it. So he comes in contact with this scientist that offers to clone him. As an adult, kid doesn't have to, you know, start at zero and work their way up. Offers to clone him as an adult. And he creates first a clone to help with work. He finds that's still not enough. So he creates another clone to help with all the chores around the house. And then creates another clone to help with other things so that he can finally find a little bit of time for R&R. And then the clones themselves find they're biting off a little more than they could true, and they start cloning themselves. This is from the film uh, Multiplicity, which is a cute film. I basically described the whole premise, and it took the film essentially 90 minutes to do what I just did in 90 seconds. But if you enjoyed that 90 seconds, you'll enjoy the whole 90 minutes. This is where the, the clones meet clone number four. What are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? 
splitting atoms. I'm having a smoke. What's it look like? Yeah, I can see you're having a smoke. What the hell for? What's it to you? What's it to me? I spent a thousand dollars to quit. Remember? That's what it is. <coughs> Looks like it didn't take. Hey, don't ever blow smoke in my face again. What are you gonna do about it? What am I gonna do about it? I'll hit you so hard, I'll kill him. Guys, guys, come on, come on, guys. Maybe we gotta sit down and have, you know, a rap session or something because you're both feeling a lot of anger here and I'm just afraid, you know, you're like two lions or something. Shut so up. Shut up. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Where's your aspirin? Tylenol, Doug. It's less abrasive on the stomach. It's in the kitchen, above the cabinet. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll find it. Oh, man. Guys, look at this place, a mess. I can't even leave you alone for a minute. Doug, if I might. One, two, three, four, twelve. Fill in. Doug, I'd like you to meet four. So the clones all develop their own personality based on the tasks that they're involved in every day. The one that is doing chores all day long develops, and the one that's basically Mr. Mom develops a little bit more of a maternal instinct. The one that's working all day long develops a little bit more of a hardened edge. And, you know, they all kind of develop their own little uh, personalities. It's a fun movie. It's interesting. But And I don't know of a single person, guys especially, I'm sure women feel the same way, but I don't know of a single person that doesn't feel like there are times when there need to be four of you. I feel that way. I feel uh, right that I need a, a person just to um, do the ra- be radio frank, then another person to be father frank, then uh, chore frank, then husband frank, then, um, you know, uh, political frank, then hanging out frank. I really do feel like I need six separate clones, but obviously you don't get that. What if you could? What if you could? So a two-part question that I'd like to ask you is, one, do you think cloning a human like they did with Dolly the Sheep, someone that you would raise from a baby, do you think cloning is ethical when it's done for, say, a couple that does not want to have, uh, that is not able to conceive a child naturally? Would you go for that? Because I honestly think the technology for that is, if it's not here, it's around the corner. Two, what would you think about doing a multiplicity? What Michael Keaton did in that picture, cloning yourself so that you have more bandwidth to do things that are needed. That is the two-part question at 800-848-9222. A question. Since before your sun burned hot in space and before your race was born, I have awaited a question. And I would also like to know if I've ever appeared in any of your dreams and what we were doing. Let me begin with Paul in Maryland. Hello, Paul. Yes. The, what they say about dreams recently is that they are a replay of the day's events. Right. But what about while you're experiencing something simultaneously, like, say, listening to this radio show while you're sleeping? 
then that would be the then then it would be reconstructed differently. Dreams are reconstructions. Mm-hmm. They are not the event itself. Right, I understand they are that. Reconstructions of events. I understand that, Paul. Have I ever been in one of your dreams? No. Oh, I'm a little. I don't listen to you very much. <laughs> I'm I... I'm doubly insulted then, Paul. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. George, hello. Hi there. Uh, hi, Frank. Over the years, I've been wondering about dreams, their meanings, etc. And I've uh, read, uh, like, uh, I've uh, gone through a dictionary of dreams. You know, one, what each definition would be for what you have seen in a dream. For example, a crow is bad, a snake is horrible, etc. Now, uh, uh, what I believe in, as far as you mentioned, uh, you know, listening to radio, most likely by listening to radio, you're going to see a Bob Grant or even you, Mr. Morano, in, in, in the dream, or something uh, to do with radio personalities. If you go to sleep and what your dr- dream meant uh, while you were listening to talk radios, uh, you know, going to sleep, your uh, as, uh, aspiration was to become one of those personalities. Now, if somebody's hungry and goes to bed, that person is going to dream food, something to do with food. Mm-hmm. If somebody has a fight, a row with somebody else and goes to bed, is going to have pretty bad dreams. But if uh, someone on the uh, other extreme has had a great time and goes to sleep, is bound to have uh, very decent, nice dreams, you know? So dreams are what, in uh, general, is uh, 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 whatever's happened to you or uh, uh, your thoughts during the day or just before going to sleep. Uh, And then you dream based on what uh, your thoughts were or your happenings during that day, especially later uh, that day before going to bed. So I, I myself have dreamt, uh, and dreams, it's difficult to remember when you get up in the morning or uh, uh, whenever you wake up, you know, in your mm-hmm. case, in mm-hmm. our case. Yeah. So, so George, have I ever I appeared in one of your dreams? probably dreamt Bob Grant, for example, while I had the radio on, you know, uh, and uh, once I, uh, Regis, uh, uh, Regis Philbin oh. and his wife, we were sitting down in a pizzeria and having pizza together, you know, and I had uh, seen him uh, on TV. I see. Well, this is while he was you know, alive? So I dreamt him. This is while he was alive? While he was alive. Oh. Right, uh, absolutely. This okay. was uh, several years ago. All right. Well, I'm sorry and I never made we one of your dreams, George, but uh, hopefully na- hopefully tonight. Maybe tonight will be the night. Thank you, George. 800-848-9222. Uh, Specialist Lopez is in the South Bronx. Hello, Specialist Lopez. Hey, hey my brother. How you doing? God bless you. God bless you. Family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. You're top of the line, and I appreciate the way you handle yourself in speaking to other people and, and letting them know the truth of what is the truth. Thank you. And, I appreciate and, that. 
Yeah, and yeah, I was I was listening. I was like, I said, "Wow, uh, uh, Mr. Morano did great with uh, uh, the speakers, uh, the people who were calling, and and for what they were saying, and and you told them, you know, uh, exactly what is, and that's great. And and then you jumped into this dream thing, right? I right. had some bad dreams. Well, say, say ye. I'm listening, sir. Well, no, no, I thought I, th- I didn't realize you were done speaking. Oh no, forgive me. No, I paused to let you speak, sir. Oh, well, you have no place on this show, then, <laughs> Mr. Lopez, because uh, nobody ever pauses to uh, let me speak. But, um, but uh, yeah. So, tell me, did did I ever appear in one of your dreams? Uh, uh no, I, I'm trying to put a picture. Uh, when I, I have your phone number, and then and. And I had to put the address in there of uh, WABC Radio. And then I put your picture there. I saw it briefly uh, beforehand, but I don't have an actual uh, picture of, of you. Okay. There. All right. So, well, but I'm going to put it there. Okay. Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate the call and the nice words. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can dream about someone even if you don't necessarily know what they look like. I think that's very, very common. 800-848-9222. David in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hi, David. Yes, good morning. Um, I would like to talk to you about this uh, cloning business. I'm a big believer in the notion that just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. And the number of ethical issues that you brought up with this cloning business, there are so many of them. But the, the one about organs in particular, I would find it highly uh, questionable to clone a person oh, so to would be I. a yeah. organ farm, which, which is what that would be. Right. And the other issue is, and you didn't bring this up, but I'm sure you're aware the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that uh, frozen embryos count as fully developed human beings. How could you even conduct such experiments under these conditions that that becomes a, a widespread uh, type of law? Because uh, that not only would that ban IVF potentially, because the University of Alabama just said they're not going to mm-hmm. do it anymore, but that would also stop all of this experimentation in any IVF. You're right. So there won't be this, this cloning issue. And, um, you know, I just think it, it would be strange for a couple who can't have children to get together and decide, well, if we're going to have a child, let's make it look like one of us. Because let's be honest, uh, clear, or honest, I'm not sure if that's the right word. If I were to get a clone of myself, that is a totally, even though the appearance would be the same, that is a totally different individual who would have totally different experiences. Right, well, so that's why I could, I could definitely see a scenario where some parents may want the opportunity to re-raise themselves, to correct the, the, the mistakes that they perceive that their parents made in their upbringing. I, I could absolutely see a lot of uh, want, uh, would-be parents going for that, couldn't you? I mean, not that, not that I think we should, but I could absolutely see a market for that. All right, can I tell you why that wouldn't work? There have been movies about this. I think, I, I don't know if Brazil was one of them. But yeah, Boys from Brazil was the one where right. they tried to clone Hitler. Right. Now, let's say you cloned Adolf Hitler right now, brought him up as a child. He would not have the same experiences that molded him into the person that he was. Some people have pathological issues, so he might be, you know, violent or otherwise crazed. 
but he would not be the same person. This idea that you can right, right but David, I think you're kind of, I think you're kind of making the the point as to why some parents would want to do it because I think you, you're not necessarily wanting to um, have someone that's identical to you. You want a child that you have some genetic link with, and this would be a strong genetic link, but still would be a product of their upbringing and their environment. Obviously, All if right. you if you're raised in Louisiana, and, and they're quoting David from the Bronx, the David 2.0 would probably have uh, a New Orleans accent. All right. Can we give you, let me give you a quick scenario. All right. I inherited uh, diabetes through both my parents and got it in my mid-teens because of bad parenting feeding habits. Nothing that had anything to do with me because you, as a child, you can't control what you're being fed. Okay. Now, I could imagine myself being cloned and then trying to make sure that this child that looks like me would never develop diabetes or end up blind like I am. Now, but that person would not be me. It would look like me, but that person would be a totally separate yeah, individual. David, I, I, I understand. Right, I, I understand that, David. Uh, but and again, I, I think we're talking in circles. I think that's why a lot of parents would want that as their child because it would be a different person because it would be a, someone that's a product of their upbringing, not necessarily someone that's solely a product of their genes. Right, but my I guess my point is, and this will be it because I don't want to go in circles either. Um, the, the, this, this, my point is though that assuming that this can actually be done, a couple that would be um, suitable for this would be able to produce a normal child and they wouldn't need the cloning. So if, if this cloning thing ever happened in a situation like we've been talking about, that would be a purely optional choice that someone would do for what I think would be selfish and narcissistic reasons. That's just my opinion. Thank you. Well, thank you, David. Look, I, I know some people, you know, I, I know one couple now that has gone through IVF multiple times and they've been unable to conceive a child. I, if you told that child, if you told that couple that, that is desperately wants a baby that, uh, you know, I'm sorry, IVF hasn't worked for you, but we could implant a clone of one of you in, you know, in, in your womb, I think they would go for it, honestly. And they would view this as a chance to raise a baby. I, I, and I think a lot of couples that have not had luck with other fertility treatments may try the same thing. I think there could would be a huge market for this. I'm curious what you think about that on an ethical basis and whether you think that would take off. Because honestly, if you could do it with dogs, which they're doing it, if you can do it with cats... If you can do it with sheep, I honestly think we're there with uh, with humans. Maybe not literally there at the moment, but I think it's only a, a matter of time. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the 
Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Fleetwood Mac, 800-848-9222. If I've ever been in one of your dreams, you should tell me. But um, <clears throat> a couple of things. One, yesterday, I guess I uh, lost track of time because we had three guests yesterday. Um, I forgot to name a listener of the week. We did have one picked out. I did not get to name that person. So let me go ahead and name this week's listener of the week. This is a really wonderful listener. This is someone who followed me, started in as a listener in the New York area, and then would listen to me in New York on the station that I was on, not the one that I'm on in New York now. Then they would still listen to me when they moved to Maryland on the WABC app doing this show. And then they were one of the people that was so instrumental in getting me carried on WCBM in Baltimore. He wrote to the folks at WCBM and said, you know, I listen to Frank Miranda all the time. You should really carry his show. And you know what they did? They did. And that's really the best way to get us carried on these other stations is when people in the area say that you should carry them. Then he moves to Florida and he gets us he's uh, gets us carried on a station down in Florida. So this is a listener that has an incredible amount of persuasiveness with radio management and someone that has literally followed me into three different jurisdictions as a listener. So I want to name this week's listener of the week formerly of New York, then of Maryland, now of Florida, Al Lewis. Congratulations, Al Lewis. You are the listener of the week. Not Grandpa Al Lewis from the Munsters, who was a friend of mine, who I uh, really, uh, really just was a huge fan of. I think I even voted for him one year. But uh, a different Al Lewis. Al Lewis currently of Florida. Congratulations, Al, as uh, such a loyal listener and this week's listener of the week. Uh, you can email me a couple of bumper music selections, and we will play them on the air tomorrow for our Friday show. Now, even though it's Thursday, uh, unfortunately, you still only have a six-day tenure as Listener of the Week, and then you, we still have to pick another one on Wednesday. One of the other things that I'm doing with the Listener of the Week is I'm giving them a special number so that they can get through all the time uh, if all the other lines are jammed. So we will get uh, to that in—we will get you that as well, Al. All right. 
800-848-9222. Kevin is in New Jersey. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Frank. Yeah, it's funny you're talking about this subject. I was going to call you at the time, but I thought you'd think I was nuts. I had a dream about you. Ooh. Yeah, it was around the time of your New Year's Eve Eve party. And I had told you once in the past that my brother-in-law lives right outside of AC. And he has a four-bedroom house. So in my dream, and I had talked to my wife about this while you were about to have the party. So in my dream, you guys, you and Rachel came and stayed with us at my brother-in-law's house. Oh, it was brilliant. We were drinking. He makes a a mean Bloody Mary. We were drinking Bloody Marys. We were smoking cigars, and I don't even like cigars. We were smoking cigars. (laughs) (laughs) So it was cool. He has a fire pit in the yard. We were in the yard hanging out. It was, uh, I, it was pretty strange. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a uh, a fun dream. Let me ask you this, Kevin. When you had that dream, was it while you were listening to the show, meaning were the things that I was saying on the radio while you were sleeping, did that become the soundtrack of your dreams, or was it totally separate, not at all what you were, what was being played on the radio? No, no, it was totally separate because I'm up all night with you. I, I have a bread route, so I wasn't actually, you know, laying down, falling asleep at the time. It was... After that, because we were thinking about actually coming to your party because I never come. I have my schedules crazy, so I can never come to your party. And this year just so happened my night off was that same night. So we were going back and forth saying, should we go? Should we go? And we were actually down there that weekend. I think it might have been even that weekend when I was down there when I had the dream, to be honest with you. That's very funny. Well, good. I'm flattered to make it. Hopefully we get to uh, hang out in real life one of these days soon. Absolutely. We love it. Thank you. 800-848-9222. Larry is in Brooklyn. Hello, Larry. Frank, you know, since I, this happened to be just a few days ago. You were in my dream, and it was actually the uh, the latter scenario that you just uh, asked him. You were I, I fell into one of the subjects that you were uh, talking about, and it wasn't pleasant, the dream. I don't remember what it was, but, of course, we, you know, we know that that we have the power to forget, and that has to do with dreams. We forget 90-something percent of our dreams. I think the good ones we remember. This was not a good one. And I remembered, I'm, I, I was saying, I'm going to have to stop listening to the radio if this happens more often, I said. I mean, it was like, uh, you, you were like running my show, like you, like, like you were running the talk show. I said, you know, this can't happen again. So I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't fun. So, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do in the future, but I don't think I'm going to be that cautious. You know, I'm going to just keep on doing what I'm doing, basically. Uh, so that's I just wanted to let you know that. Well, well so, but you don't remember what we were, what, why it was a bad dream, what we were doing that was negative. It was it, all I remember was it was something that I would not have gotten into. See, I like hearing these people give theories about dreams. They don't know what they're talking about. Most dreams are nonsense. The only serious dreams you have um, is from like early in the morning, that you dream in the morning just before you wake up. That's what the Jewish tradition holds. So these are nonsense. This was a nonsensical dream. It was about a subject that I would have nothing, no connection to, but I happened to be implanted into that subject because I was listening to your to your show. I would say, what the hell am I doing in this, to this subject? You know what I, I mean? I don't that. belong here. I love that. That's great, Larry. Uh, Larry, thank you. Hopefully the next time we meet in your subconscious, it'll be a better meeting. Thank you, Larry. 800-848-9222. So Saturday is the SAG Awards. 
and uh, I'm a member of SAG, so I get to vote in the SAG Awards. I was, um, I have not voted yet. I've been waiting to the last minute, and I have to get my votes in by tomorrow because the ceremony is Saturday. And what I was thinking is, let me try and watch as many of the films as possible so that I can cast an informed vote. You know, both when I'm voting for awards or when I'm voting for a candidate for office, I try to cast informed votes. And lo and behold, I mean, goes back to that time issue that we were talking about earlier. I have um, seen almost none of the films, so I hate to do it, but I'm just going to cast an informed, an, an uninformed vote for all the f- films and TV shows that I have seen that I kind of liked, or for actors that I've seen uh, that I kind of like, even if I haven't seen the project. So I'm going to do that tomorrow. Yesterday, last night, though. My wife and I did get to finish one of the films that's nominated for an Academy Award. It's nominated, I think, for Best Soundtrack and maybe one other category. Um, it's nominated for—I uh, I don't, I don't remember, but it's nominated for a couple of different awards. Uh, Best Original Score, and um, yeah, Best Original Score, that's what it was nominated for. As you would expect— with this composer, John Williams, who did Star Wars, who did Jaws, who did some of the most famous soundtracks in history, he got yet another Academy Award nomination at 91 years old. The film was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So it only took us, I think, two sittings, maybe three sittings to finish it. It's long. It's two and a half hours. But honestly, for entertainment value, I found this... Much more entertaining than the uh, than Maestro, which is about the same length. I really enjoyed it. Look, when you watch an Indiana Jones film, you know what you're getting. You know that you're getting. <clears throat> you know what you're getting. It's an action movie. It's fun. I thought it was really enjoyable. I think it was uh, far better than the last Indiana Jones sequel, which I think was the Crystal Skull or something along those lines. Not nearly as good as uh, the as Raiders of the Lost Ark. Not nearly as good as Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is my favorite of those films. And um, I, I actually probably may have liked it better than Temple of Doom. I thought it was really good. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was fun. I thought the story was decent. I thought the special effects, you know, I'm not going to give away much, but they do use on an older actor a, a, a degree of the anti-aging makeup. They make him younger in the film. I think the digital anti-aging looks much better in this film than it did when it came to The Irishman, where they did that digital anti-aging of Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. I thought it was really fun and uh, a nice little picture. If you're a an Indiana Jones fan, I think you would like the picture. It got mixed reviews. A lot of people didn't like it. They thought it was weak. But uh, I, I think for Harrison Ford in his 80s, to be able to pull off this role as effectively as he does, I think is really impressive. So I thought it was uh, I thought it was worth seeing if you're an Indiana Jones fan. If you're not an Indiana Jones fan, then of course you're not going to get anything out of it, right? You probably won't enjoy it. But I think if you are, then it's definitely worth seeing. Speaking of films, I received word that The Rock who apparently is returning to wrestling. I don't know about that. We'll have to ask uh, Matt Blaze, who keeps up with this a little bit more than I do these days. The Rock 
is apparently responsible for making, he's going to be making a biopic of my favorite wrestler, Ric Flair, the one and only uh, 27-time champion of the world, Ric Flair. And I cannot wait for this. I really hope this happens. There's been a bunch of documentaries about Flair. There was the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. Uh, there was the um, the one that's on that was on Pe- Peacock. But now The Rock is discussing this next movie. It's called, uh, I don't know that it has a title yet, actually. But apparently this is going to be something that he's producing. Uh, the Rock says he grew up in the world of pro- professional wrestling where he met and idolized Flair a reverence that grew when he broke into the business and began to spill his own sweat and blood in arenas across the um, across America. So I think this is one of those things that could be great or it could be terrible. But I am very excited about this. If there's anybody that's lived a fascinating life and had a fascinating wrestling career, it's Ric Flair. Well, they said Flair wasn't fair about what he's done, but Flair's always been fair. Everybody knows how fair Ric Flair's been. And if you can't be fair to Flair, who can Flair be Flair fair to? So if you're fair to him, there's no reason why you shouldn't be fair to him. He's fair to you. I always said Ric Flair's the kind of a man I say, be fair to Flair. If Flair can't be fair to you, why should be fair to Flair? But Flair is fair to you, so you should be fair to Ric Flair. Wouldn't you say so? I mean, be fair. Makes sense to me. You make so, sense. I, I can't disagree with So you. much for our emotional moment here on Monday Nitro, but let the footage speak for itself. I think this is great. I think this is outstanding. Uh, I'm going to see if I can maybe be a voice in this movie or something. I mean, probably I can't, but uh, I'll see. I don't even know who's responsible. I wouldn't know how to reach out to The Rock about getting to be a voice in this. I would imagine they'll actually go with people who are, I don't know, actors. But uh, it would be fun to be involved with this in some form or another. I think it's very, very interesting. I'm glad to see that is coming to fruition. Oh, there was one other story about dogs since we're on the subject of, uh, of pets that I had to bring to your attention, there was an article in the Washington Post that skipping your dog's walk is a much bigger deal than you think. So for dogs, only hanging out in their backyard is like reading the same book again and again. So this article by uh, Kelly Conaboy says that for a dog to be properly stimulated... It's not good enough that they just go out into the backyard. They need to see different places. They need to get out and move. They need to get out and see different scenarios, and that gives them the proper stimulation. I'm going to invite uh, this writer on the program because she lives in New York, and she covers dogs and dog culture, and she's wrote a bunch of interesting articles about dogs that I found interesting. So I'll see if she wants to come on and talk about it. All right, we'll continue with your calls straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side at midnight with Frank Morano.
Debbie Gibson, Only in My Dreams. You know, I mentioned yesterday that uh, my wife wasn't crazy about the haircut that my son recently got. And it's the same barber that gave him his previous haircut, who she, which she enjoyed, which she thought was quite good. So I must have given him a confusing instruction or something. So she said she can't deal with this haircut anymore. She thinks, thinks it looks like a, a bowler or something. She said he looks like one of the little rascals. So she says you got to get him back in there. See if you can get him an appointment on Saturday and get him cut again. Now, I felt bad telling my barber, who's a great guy and has been cutting hair for many decades, I felt bad telling him that my wife didn't like the haircut. So here's what I did. I'm almost ready for a haircut. I said, let me have an appointment, right? And then what my plan is, is maybe day before, maybe day of, I'm going to send him an SMS text message and say, can I bring in Carmine to just do a little trim right after me? And see how that goes. Now, I, I don't know if that means I'm going to be paying for two haircuts. Probably it will be. But uh, I am not going to listen to his mother talk about how she doesn't like his haircut for, you know, until his next one. So uh, we'll see. That's my plan is that we'll both get a little trim. Um, I'm going to do the Friday text to the barber and see how he reacts to that. We'll see. All right. 800-848-9222. We got a lot on our plate. We're talking dreams. We're talking cloning. We're talking dogs. We're talking Indiana Jones. You name it. 800-848-9222. Let me begin with Susie listening on KMOX in St. Louis. Hi, Susie. Hi. Uh, I would like to talk in regards to cloning. Uh, I am 91 years old, and God she created sound a day each over one 90. of us to be an individual. And then, as an individual, you on your own are to make choices. And when you are overwhelmed, it's time for you to use your inner intelligence to pick what really is important and what is unimportant. And well, I've made it to this age, and I've made choices, and I do not agree with cloning at all. God created humans. Well, I mean, what about what I raised earlier, the possibility of reproductive assistance, that cloning could offer an option for individuals who are unable to conceive through conventional means and provide an alternative for reproductive assistance? What about that? Well, if they cannot reproduce, they can volunteer, they can adopt, they can help uh, at an orphanage, they can... Uh, no, I know there's a lot of options, but cloning uh, the, doesn't get any more appealing to you in that circumstance either. No, okay. cloning is just strictly out in okay. my belief that God created this earth. All right, thank, he created thank you. Us each one for a purpose. I appreciate it, Susie. Thank you. 800-848-9222. Ellen is in New Jersey. What do you think, Ellen? Hi, Frank. Um, wow, that was a loaded intro there. Uh, cloning, yes and no. I think it has its place. Unfortunately, the way you were talking about using it for couples who cannot uh, have children because of multiple miscarriages wouldn't work because cloning involves 
in vitro fertile, well, in vitro implantation. Cloning gets you what's the genetic makeup. The old-fashioned way, the sperm from the man is introduced into the woman's body, meets up with the egg, then it implants in her body and starts growing. Well, Cloning, oh. you've got, uh, just, just give me another second. Sure, go so you've got a, a genetic makeup that's half from the man, half from the woman. In cloning, you take a regular cell, any cell theoretically, a skin cell, uh, a, 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 a cell from the liver, from a muscle, and that's either the male or the female totally. But you still take that cell and you grow it up in the lab, just as if you were doing in vitro fertilization in the lab where you took the sperm from the man and the egg from the woman, get it together in the lab until it grows up to an embryo and it's implanted. Same thing happens with cloning, only you take a single cell, either from the woman or from the man, grow it up until it's an embryo, and you implant it. So it's a problem that the couple's having is that they can't carry, she can't carry the baby to term. Cloning doesn't work for that. It just changes the genetic makeup. It's still growing it outside of the body and implanting it into the woman. So, Ellen, there is a big debate about this now, whether or not reproductive cloning, which is what this is called, should be banned or not. Do you think it should be banned? I'm on the fence. Uh, I think cloning would be great for uses like uh, burn patients, getting their own cells well, that I'm will talking, not be rejected I'm, I'm talking growing first, the skin. No, or and you need a kidney. You know how you're getting Sure, sure. But, but Ellen, uh, that's... Reproduction, I don't know. Okay. I, I can't give you a yes or no answer because I'm not 100% sure. I don't think it's 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 you know, uh, horrible, horrible. I think it has a place, but I'm not sure if it's a great idea for reproduction. Got it. Ellen, thank you for the call. I mean, that's, you know, organs is one of the big main arguments for cloning. Medical advancements, another big argument for cloning. Disease research. But the other one is reproductive assistance, especially with people struggling to reproduce in this day and age. A lot of folks view it also as a benefit for species conservation. A lot of people say uh, this could lead to, you know, uh, familial legacy issues. So um, this, this is a debate that's going on not just in this country, but all over the world. So I'm curious what people think. Those of you that are holding, I'll try and get to you. Until next hour, keep asking questions.